Hello, and welcome to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. In this episode, I sit down with Anna Murphy to help educate myself further about the LGBTQ2S plus community. Anna opens up about her journey and her passion for helping trans and gender diverse individuals. I learned a lot during this conversation and I hope you do too. Here's to embracing diversity and creating a world where all individuals feel included. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, Anna. Um, Before we get into things, do you want to give some background onto who you are and your involvement within the community? Emma, thank you so much uh, for providing me the opportunity to sit down, have a conversation with you. Hopefully it's an informative one. To answer your question in regards to my involvement here within the community of Calgary, it's been my great privilege and honor to serve the community in through my involvement with Calgary Pride, the Canadian Rockies Gay Rodeo Association, and Skipping Stone. So have done a lot of work in nonprofits within the last two years. I really dove in feet first uh, to to be involved with the primary intention of increasing visibility, breaking glass ceilings for trans and gender diverse folks here within the city of Calgary. Uh, you know, there's there's one thing that I love when, you know, if folks tell me I can't do something or that something's impossible, they say that the best form of revenge is success. And, you know, that that's what we're going to do. That's what, that's what I'm out to create is uh, to create some success both for myself uh, but also for for the LGBTQ2S plus community here within here within Calgary, and so it has been. It 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 really has been. I don't say it lightly. That it has been my privilege to serve the community as director of business development with Calgary Pride, uh, volunteer coordinator and committee member with the Canadian Rockies Gay Rodeo Association, a mentor and director of fund development with Skipping Stone. So it's, you know, I don't say it lightly that it it, it has been my privilege to serve uh, the LGBTQ2S plus community uh, here within Calgary and an even larger privilege to engage with all of the folks that I have had the honor of engaging with um, through through my involvement here in the community. First off, maybe do you want to explain what Skipping Stone is? Because of the organizations you're involved in, it's one that the name doesn't really describe what it is. Skipping Stone is, I mean, first and foremost, it's an organization which is very near and dear to my heart and is an organization within the province of Alberta based out of Calgary and is the only one of its kind within the province and arguably within Canada, which provides low barrier and in many cases no barrier access to programs, services, and support to trans and gender diverse individuals along with their families. And uh, they really focus upon connecting trans and gender diverse youth adults along with their families to that comprehensive care that they might need. So that includes things like mental and physical health. It includes peer support groups, peer mentorship, uh, all the way down to, to things which some people, you know, might take for granted on a daily basis, like uh, personal styling, hair, makeup. Um, so it really is uh, a one-stop trans shop. Uh, in providing these these individuals within Calgary and throughout the entire province of Alberta um, with everything that that they might need in relation to affirming who they are uh, as individuals and uh, yeah it's it's an organization that is now and forever will be very near 
uh, and dear to my heart and is so immensely important uh, to the community of Calgary and the the broader community uh, within the province of Alberta. I guess you you said what my next question was going to be. Do you mind defining the term gender diverse? That's something new to me and is that bad? (laughs) No, that's not bad at all. No, absolutely not. For the term gender diverse, it it's an umbrella term uh, to describe an ever-evolving array of labels that individuals may apply when they're talking about or in relation to their gender identity, um, their expression, or even their perception um, of not conforming uh, to you know societal societal norms or stereotypes of you know what others might expect. So. For example, uh, folks who are non-binary, um, and I am not an authority on, on, on being non-binary, but if we look at that, these are individuals who they're more, they're not, they're, they're more in that gray area. They're more in a gray area on the spectrum. They, they don't necessarily identify as, uh, as male or, or female, they're, they're in that gray area. So that, uh, you know, it's an umbrella term. Uh, you know, when we say gender diverse, it's an umbrella term to really encompass uh, anything as it, as it relates to, to labels. Um, it's funny, we have a label to alleviate labels. Whereas when we're talking about someone who's transgender, that individual wakes up and knows that, you know, in their heart and soul, they are a female, for example, but uh, they were born in a male body. Um, so they, the, there's a, a disconnect between their physical anatomy and what society essentially tells them they, they are. They know that, no, that's actually not who I am. So you're very heavily involved with a lot of these uh, so these communities that we talked about um but like you said earlier you're very involved within specifically it seems to be your main focus is the trans community um and with that it was like skipping stone was it it's a huge part of your life was a huge part of your life can i ask um what kind of is making you what brought you to maybe skipping stone and wanting to not necessarily with Skipping Stone, but just in in general, what makes you want to help the transgender community? Yes, there's a few, there's two parts that I'll touch on in that question. So the reason why um, it's so important to me to do my best to advocate for um, trans and gender diverse individuals, um, advocate, fight for um, help give voice to increased visibility is, you know, obviously as a trans woman myself uh, and one who transitioned um, in rural Alberta where there are not a lot of uh, supports or programs or services um, which you could really reach out to, um, I, you know, there, there were a lot of bumps in the road. Um, whether that was self-harm behavior, um, whether that was suicide attempts, um, whether that was struggling with uh, support from family, friends, um, all of that. You know, I've, I, I'm, you know I've, I've experienced that. And for me, it's about if we can, you know, if, if it can make a little bit of a difference in the lives of, of youth to maybe have a bit of an easier road. I mean, life is, life isn't easy, um, for, for anyone. Um, but if we can, you know, if I can do whatever I can to make it just that little bit easier, um, for them, then I feel that it is, it's, it's, you know, almost an obligation because I have, I've, I've made it to the other side almost, not that there aren't still struggles and challenges, um, but it looks very different from uh, from what it used to. Um, and I am in a position now where, you know, I have, you know, the strength and resiliency 
um, have developed a fairly thick skin. Um, and so, you know, if, if I can go out and, you know, help them while they're just focusing on not having to go out and, and fight and worry about that, and it, it helps someone in some way, then that's that then then I've 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 done my job Mm -hmm. I can I can go to sleep at night um and I couldn't you know I couldn't look at myself in the mirror if I you know knew that folks like me were out there struggling and having a hard time and I was doing nothing and wasn't speaking out about it or wasn't trying to help them I that yeah, I, I, that's not how I was raised. That's not mm-hmm. how I was brought up. Um, I was always taught that, you know, if you can do something, you do something, whatever that looks like. Um, and <clears throat> with Skipping Stone, I had just underwent uh, gender re- uh, reassignment surgery, which is the official medical term for it, and was in Calgary, back in Calgary after coming home from Montreal. And I was waiting to go in for a doctor's appointment and was sitting in the coffee shop in the hospital. And I overheard these two ladies talking, um, overheard the word transgender, community organization, and then overheard two words, skipping stone. And it did, it kind of sort of peaked, you know, peaked my interest. I was, I was eavesdropping. Um, we all do. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So well, they were sitting right beside me and they were talking, you know, very audibly clear. So it's without even trying, I was. I'm like, okay. Um, so I just, I, I had my laptop with me and I just Googled because I'm like, okay, Skipping Stone, Calgary organization. Because to my knowledge at that time, I'm like, there is no, no resources. Th- there is no resources yeah. except for the ones that I had known or had been, you know, had found on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I Googled Skipping Stone and Calgary. Um, I have no idea what we did before Google. Um, and yeah, the, the, the page popped up with uh, what this organization was, which is exactly what um, at the beginning of our conversation, I explained this, you know, low barrier, in many cases, no barrier um, organization that was providing help and support to uh, to trans youth. And there was a portion on there um, about signing up to be a youth mentor. And I thought, you know, that could be, could be a really fun thing to do. And, you know, Maybe I, maybe I could do it. Maybe I couldn't do it. Um, heaven help anyone who gets me as a mentor. Um, that th- those poor kiddos. Um, this is, don't listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> as someone that knows her personally. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I just, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to contribute. I wanted to help whether volunteer, whether it was mentor or whether it was sweeping their floors. I wanted to, to get involved. And so I reached out um and yeah that was kind of that 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 was the beginning um and then yeah the at the same time uh was uh volunteering with Calgary Pride and just kind of really kind of getting more involved with the LGBTQ2S plus community um which up until that point I hadn't really um engaged with obviously I'm a member of, of that community, but I didn't really do much to, to be a part of it or to be involved with it. Um, and yeah, no, I dove in headfirst. <laughs> Very much. Yes. Very much. <laughs> I think there's some things that you've mentioned today that some people might not even know about. Um, and one of them, if you're comfortable explaining what the gender... Reassignments. What does that look like? Uh, so for folks that, um, you know, might not uh, necessarily know as much um, about kind of the journey um, that uh, trans individuals kind of go through um, within their transition, and it should be noted that not every trans individual, whether it's female or male, um, opts for surgery. Um, and I think that that is another part of the conversation that folks need to understand that surgery doesn't make you 
who who you are or as an individual that is a that's a personal decision for everyone um and whether or not you opt to to have um surgery um it doesn't make you any less of a male any less of a female any less of a human being um so that you know that's and that's one thing that a lot of folks um who aren't a part of the community or as have much of an understanding of community sometimes struggle with um and so that's you know that's kind of the one big piece of information that hopefully will will stick with people is that you know what surgery doesn't make the individual um it's a personal choice um i knew um from the moment that I began transitioning at 18, just out of high school, um, that surgery was my goal. I knew that, you know, waking up in the morning and looking at myself in the mirror, I couldn't be affirmed in who I am as a woman until I underwent surgery to provide me with the anatomy that didn't happen at birth, um, had to go a little long way around, had to take the scenic route to get there. Um, and I knew that like it, it, there was never, and it was never a question. It was never, you know, I didn't waver back and forth. I knew that from the moment that I met with, with the doctor, which at that time there was only one doctor in the entire province of Alberta, um, who was providing, um, affirming healthcare to trans wow. individuals along with his um uh intern I guess who is now a full fully practicing doctor within the province now there are four doctors within the entire province of Alberta who are qualified to uh essentially get people on the track for surgery um so within 10 years we've gained three doctors Um, so, you know, but yeah, for surgery, it was, for me, it was never, that was always what I needed for me, for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and the way that that looks like is it's not like you come out and you say, okay, I'm trans, let's have surgery. Um, there is a very long process, um, and it is, uh, actually, the, the time that a person spends is actually increased due to barriers um, in place uh, through government regulation and uh, their kind of sort of um, qualifications um, for individuals. So as I said, there are four doctors now within the province that a person has to go through um, so you start with getting a referral to, for example, my doctor and his wait list can be anywhere between four months to there are, there's one individual I know for certain has been waiting four years to wow. see this doctor. Just to see the doctor. Just to see the doctor, wow. just for an initial intake. Yeah. So then once you see the doctor, you have your initial intake, you essentially get diagnosed with what is called gender dysphoria. That's the, again, the medical, the medical definition that they use. Um, Then you go through getting prescribed hormones. You have to be on hormones. Um, The government of Alberta requires you to be on hormones for a year before you can, again, qualify for funding to have gender reassignment surgery. Um, you also have to, you know, obviously you have to live full time is the term that they use. So essentially be out in the world living as a woman or a male. Um, how do they, how do they like check? Like, you know what I mean? You're, the... I, I know, right? It's, um, <laughs> your these idea, are, right? Anyone's idea, myself and, and someone that is born in a female body and yes. identifies as a female we could look completely different as females. Absolutely. And define femininity as... 100%. And these, like, again, these are, this is part of that... Uh, Barrier. These, this is part of the, that red tape mm. and those barriers that are, are still in place mm-hmm. um, for, for, for trans folks who are wanting to undergo 
um, gender affirming surgery. Um, gender affirming surgery is a little bit more of a nicer, softer term as opposed okay. to reassignment. Because mm-hmm. um, in reality, you're not reassigning anything. Yeah. You you always have been. It's yeah, not again. It's it's almost for an individual who is who is gay or, or lesbian. It's not like they flipped a switch. Mm-hmm. They they were born this way, and mm-hmm. it's the same for trans folks. They were born that way. Um, and so yes, it's it's affirming the individual. So yeah, you'll hear folks uh, refer to as as gender affirming surgery, but again, the the proper medical, medical definition is gender reassignment um, surgery. Um, so yes, yeah, so you have to live full time. So again, as, as you said, the, of course that looks different for everybody. Um, whether you're trans, whether you're cisgendered. So cisgendered is someone who is born female, identifies as female. That, that would be the definition of cisgender. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, but ag- again, that is the government's requirement that you have to live full time for a year. You have to be on hormones for a year. Um, and then you apply for funding, which is limited. So when I was, um, going through my process, they approved 25 surgeries a year, which is not a lot. It might seem like a lot, but it is not a lot. Um, and do you have any numbers on, on how many transgender people are looking for these resources? Um, you know, I don't, I personally don't have numbers on surgeries, but to give kind of a, an idea, Mm -hmm. um, in the year 2019, uh, skipping stone connected with well over a thousand trans and gender diverse individuals within the province of Alberta. Now, of course, as I mentioned, not every individual is going to be seeking surgery. Um, but you think, okay, even half of those individuals, that's, 500 people who are looking for this this care and who are having to go up against these these barriers um this red tape and you know it you know as as I mentioned you know I you know did struggle with uh with mental health and things like self-harm and uh you know suicidality and a lot of it was due to the fact of struggling to be accepted in a society that wasn't built for me. Um, you know, I had a letter that my doctor wrote that essentially gave me legal permission to go into the women's bathroom. Um, and without that letter, I could have been stopped by a security guard. I could have been arrested. I could have it with if I didn't have that letter on me. It was called a carrying letter, and without that, yeah, I technically would have been perceived as a man in a dress in the women's washroom. So you um, had to carry around a piece of paper. You had to carry to go around. To the you had to carry around a piece of paper to use the bathroom public. Wow. So there were many instances where even if, when I had that letter, I just wouldn't do it because yeah. even with that letter and again that now is is no longer that is is no longer the case um but there are still cases where trans and gender diverse individuals they do they face those barriers to something as simple as as using a washroom um and even though yeah there are protections and legislation now in place it is still a very real thing that that folks have to face and there is adversity with that um because you know to use a very outdated term not you know everyone is and again this is society's perception not mine but not everyone is going to necessarily be passable quote unquote and again it is a super gross term it is a super outdated term it is a term that we shouldn't have to use um but that's again thinking of societies you know the outside world looking in you know there are going to be those folks who maybe they've just started undergoing laser hair removal so they will have a five o'clock shadow or, you know, maybe there are some folks who their hair has started thinning. So it's, they're going to look, again, it's going to, you know, someone is going to perceive it. And again, they're going to be met with that adversity or that discrimination. And so again, that's part of, that's part of the fight. That's mm-hmm. part of 
the visibility and moving the wheel forward that at the end of the day, we're all human, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and someone else doesn't have to be a passable human. They wake up, they go about their life. But for trans folks, it is, it's that worry of if I go out today, is today the day when I'm going to be verbally assaulted, physically assaulted, um, is, you know, what, what challenges am I going to have to overcome today? And, you know, it's 2020. It's, you know, it's the dawn of a new decade and folks should be able to just wake up, walk out their door and be themselves. And I mean, of course you're going to, assholes are everywhere. Um, you know, I'm, I, I don't think we'll be having a utopian world anytime soon. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, part of that's part of the the lived experience for the majority of trans folks is is these worries and Mm -hmm. these fears and and again not every one of them is going to be going through through surgery Mm -hmm. not every uh trans individual or gender diverse individual is is going to be on hormone uh replacement therapy or testosterone um again it looks very different as all humans and their journeys do it's very unique and it's very personal and everyone's different Mm -hmm. and what we need to start doing is instead of questioning um is just live and let live like we're just humans we're all just trying to do the best we can and rather than putting you know folks under a microscope almost um yeah so that's again and that's just parts like with that carrying letter that's just a small Mm. you know just 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 a small part of of what folks have gone through Mm -hmm. um so yeah so you go through you kind of you 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 check all of the boxes um on the requirements for the government of alberta or really any government every province to my knowledge within canada offers um funding to a certain extent for um for uh surgery um and once you check that once you get approved then you fly to montreal and you undergo surgery and then you fly home and start recovering okay this surgery is so important for the trans community while i was getting ready for this podcast i came across this statistic Over 40% of trans and gender diverse individuals have reported attempting suicide due to the discrimination, stigma, and systemic barriers that have been placed on them. Over 90% of suicide attempts happen within the waiting period for access of timely trans-affirming care. Absolutely. And that number is, uh, that's within the province of Alberta. Wow. So that number uh, doesn't even touch on across Canada. And it is, it's a very real number. Again, I can speak from personal lived experience, you know, within the period of waiting, of waiting, and again, not even just waiting to get to surgery, but waiting to take those first initial steps towards affirming who I am as an individual. So starting hormones, um, starting things like laser hair removal to get rid of that five o'clock shadow, um, it, I, I, I don't have enough fingers on both hands to count the number of suicide attempts that I went through, um, with one coming very, very close, um, on a very cold winter night, which I know it sounds like the beginning of a bad Hallmark movie. Um, but I found myself on the high level bridge in Edmonton and climbed over onto the opposite side of it, the side that you really don't want to be on. And for whatever reason, why I didn't let go, I have no idea. There's some higher power out there watching watching over me. Um, obviously was pulled back over, um, thanks to the help of the Edmonton Police Service. Um, but yes, and of course, you know, I have scars to prove it on on one of my arms for for self-harm um that I engaged in during that waiting period and a lot of it it did it 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 stemmed from the weight and as I mentioned living in a world that at that time really wasn't built for me as an individual 
you know, when you would look up uh, trans women of influence or, you know, kind of a role model to look to, there was no, and again, you can, you know, whatever your opinion is, it's, it's someone to look to. There was no Caitlyn Jenner. There was no uh, Laverne Cox. There were none of these really, really visible, high-profile people that have kind of come out of the woodwork within the last few years. There wasn't anyone trying to find a successful, strong, for me, trans woman, and I would imagine much of the same for trans masculine individuals, you you couldn't find them. There, There wasn't really any. And again, it's not that there wasn't because it's not like this is just a ta-da, hi, we're here. Yeah, no, we've we've been around for for many, 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 many years. Um it's just it, it wasn't talked about. There was there wasn't as much visibility. It wasn't necessarily as again, mainstream, you know, and so looking towards that and with the adversity and the discrimination and the intolerance and the ignorance, again, personally, that I was faced with every day, day in, day out, um, was fired from a job for for being who I am, um, was, you know, obviously, you know, lost, lost relationships, friends, family, um, and it, it did. That is a hard, that is a hard thing to every morning wake up and face head on. In addition to every morning when you wake up and you look in the mirror, you don't, there is something, there is a clear disconnect. It would almost, in the way that I've said to folks in the past is, think of it if you have gone this entire time with your left and your right arm, and then tomorrow, all of a sudden you woke up and your right arm wasn't there. And now you have to like, that kind of a disc, like it was, and that's every single day um, that I was living with that. And so it, it was, it was incredibly challenging. And the other side of that was, and again, why, you know, organizations, especially Skipping Stone, are so important is because for me, there was no organization that I could go to and turn to to help me find a doctor that would, you know, that would prescribe me hormones. There wasn't an organization that I could go to that would provide breast forms. So gender affirming gear. So for, mm-hmm. um, you know, me being a trans woman, it would be things like breast forms or a gaff. Um, and you know, there was an organization like that. There wasn't somebody there who would help me change my name and my gender marker on on my official documentation Mm -hmm. I had to navigate these systems that were built again not for me and try and find and forge a path forward to get what I needed without support and without um, and again not that I had no support but again not to the same extent and so yeah it it was a different time and again it's not that long ago that's mm-hmm. uh that's 10 years ago that you know i began transitioning and so so yeah it's it's something that is immense i mean obviously i made it mm-hmm. and but the the other side of that is not everyone does mm. and it is it's during that waiting period that it is it's tough and again life is never easy for anyone um but it it is it's it's heartbreaking they are they are heartbreaking numbers they are recent numbers um of 40 percent of trans individuals within this province attempt suicide and it is it is heartbreaking but it it's part of it's part of that narrative and it's part of that conversation that we do have to have and you know have folks you know say okay how what can we do to to fix this how do we fix this how how do we prevent this from happening that was going to be my next question um what do you hope that the future looks like for trans people we can just speak to within Alberta if you want to expand on that you can again and you know not that we're 
going to, you know, snap our fingers and create uh, a utopian world. Um, but, you know, I think what I, what I strive in every day of my life is to just be visible. Um, you know, I don't wake up in the morning thinking that I'm going to change the world or, you know, that I'm going to change a high profile. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or, you know, that I'm going to, you know, significantly change the mind of, of a politician or, or something like that. I just, I wake up and I'm like, okay, you know, today I'm going to go about my life. And if at the end of the day I was visible, I've done my job. Um, it's just that bit of visibility has paved some kind of a way for, for the generation coming up behind me. Um, and you know, let them look at me and be like, okay, she only made it that far. I'm going to totally blow right past her. And yeah, no. So that's, that's what I want, um, for, for the kiddos that are, that are coming up and, you know, I will go toe to toe because again, a lot of these, they, they are, they're youth. And when you take being trans or gender diverse out of the equation, being a kid is tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, some people are like, oh, those are the best years of my life. I would love to relive them. I'm like, yeah, you couldn't pay me enough, honey, to go back. And yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll pass hard on that. Um and so, you know, they, they got enough that they're, they're worrying about and dealing with. So, you know, again, I've, I've built that resilience. I've built a fairly, you know, thick skin. Um, and so I will go toe to toe and head to head and have the tough conversations so that they can just focus on just living their lives, mm-hmm. just being them, being just being a kid, mm-hmm. just living their best authentic affirmed selves as they possibly absolutely can be let again let the adults take care of it like let you know let the adults figure it out and you know so so that's that's part of my hope and I think how we get there is you know we engage in in conversations we build community you know we 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 talk a lot you know, about the, you know, the LGBT, uh, Q2S plus community, the trans community, the gay community, and all of that. And, you know, but part of the conversation that we have to have is the outlying community, the ally community. So members who, you know, folks who aren't gay, lesbian, trans, bi, two-spirited, gender diverse, all of that, um, we need to have a conversation with, with those folks and include them in the conversation and sit down with them and meet them where they're at. Not everyone is going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. This is, this is my life. I've, I've, I've lived it. I still do live it. I engage with, you know, four different organizations that serve this community and I'm not perfect. I'm sure, you know, there have been moments in this interview where I have, you know, (laughs) muddled it up. Um, but we need to be able to say that's okay. It, it's okay to not be perfect. What is important is that you want to engage, that you want to learn, that you want to improve yourself. Nobody's ever going to be perfect. We're not after perfection, or at least I'm not. I'm not after perfection. And I will have a conversation with really anybody. Um, and just to, you know, meet them where they're at and help bring them to where they want to be. Or maybe they don't even know they want to be there yet um, in terms of being an ally, being a support and and how they can do that. Um, and there are lots of different ways to, to, to do that, um, whether it be volunteering your time. Not everyone can hand over a, you know, a check or cash or anything. But again, folks who are in that position by contributing, uh, you know, to the financial success of these organizations, you help them go on, you help them continue to be able to do the work, to keep fighting, to keep, again, to bring that 40% down, because without these organizations, that number's going to go up, it's not going to magically disappear, it will go up. So it's about, again, 
meeting people where they are, asking them, where are you at? What can you do? What do you want to do? And building from there. And I think that is how we grow our community. That is how we truly come together to create a society within Calgary, within the province of Alberta, that is free from adversity, intolerance, discrimination, and ignorance towards trans and gender diverse individuals, but all individuals within this province who, whether you're gay, lesbian, bi, religion, religious diversity, color of your skin, whatever it may be, by taking small steps, big steps, we we get there. We and there's a lot of great you know, folks and companies within this city, within this province, um, that I've been fortunate to connect with through various different um avenues and it is. I'm hopeful. I, I really, really am hopeful um that, you know, we're we're in the right direction. There there is. There's there's still work to be done. Um and not to, you know, to take away from that, but I'm hopeful. I, I think we can get there. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. 2020 has yeah. been a bit of a different year for you. Would you want to talk about this next journey you hope to embark on? Yeah. Um, so you're right. 2020 is, it's going to be a different year. Um, it's going to look a little bit different than the last uh, the last year, the last two years, um, have looked like, and that is due to a desire to enter uh, politics um, and to really put my name forward and to kind of again jump headfirst um, into being really. No, grab the bull by the horns. Yes, That's okay. A very yes, Anna I, quote. it is a very Anna quote. So anyways, uh, but yes, to really, yeah, grab the bull by the horns. And for me, it's not about winning. Um, it, I would be pleasantly surprised if, if I won. Um, for me, again, it's about that visibility and about creating a seat at the table for, for women, but also uh, diverse women. So women who are a part of the LGBTQ2S plus community, women of color, um, all of the wonderfully diverse women that we have within this province. So for me specifically, yes, it's, it's trans women that I want to create a seat at the table for, um, and to, uh, to again, bring awareness and to run and put my name forward as a political candidate in possibly, maybe, 2021 for the Calgary municipal election. Um, and again, just run as the best representation of myself to represent, again, not just the trans community, because again, there is much more to who I am as an individual than just being a trans woman. Um, so yeah, looking at, you know, how to campaign, how to fundraise, how even running could be a possibility. So I have this thing called the lightning round. And so I ask these three questions. So essentially it's just a, a quick answer. Um, and then if you do want to obviously unbox it or talk further on it, you're more than welcome to. So the first question <coughs> is, um, how do you define success? Mm. For me, success isn't about... It's not about money. It's not about position. It's not about power. Um, it's not about status. It's not even about big, long, fancy job titles. Um, for me, it's again. I I wake up every morning and just live my best life. I'm I'm not perfect. Um, no one is, and I just wake up trying to do the best I can for myself, but also for for the broader community. I think the biggest, you know, when it feels like I've been successful is when I engage with youth and, you know, see that little sparkle that comes in their eye when you're just supporting them and who they are, whatever that looks like for them as individuals. 
And to me, that's successful. That's being successful as an individual when you see, you know, so many incredible youth just grabbing the bull by the horns, being empowered in who they are and not giving a rat's patooey about what anyone might think. That to me, that that's success to me is, is when I see that, that, and that's not my own personal success. It's not like I have made that happen all on my own. That to me is us being successful as, as a community. I like it. Um, what is one thing that you are grateful for today? Oh, I am immensely grateful for the support that I have received in my life from my grandmother, my dad's mom. Um, without her, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. Um, and also for my Nana, my mom's mom, so both of my grandmothers, um, but yeah, no, I'm immensely, immensely aware of what they have contributed to getting me to where I am today, of uh, making me the individual I am, and for for their support. And the last one is, if you were to be given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? Well, I just recently had the pleasure of touring and seeing the incredible showroom of Ferrari, Maserati, Rolls-Royce, and Alfa Romeo of Alberta, which it's absolutely spectacular. I would highly recommend anyone in the market for the most quintessential luxury vehicle. Give them a call. <laughs> but no, I actually, yeah, I would probably go down and give them give them some support. I mean, yes, I would probably, you know, indulge a little bit. I think anyone who knows me really, really well knows mm -hmm. that I have very expensive taste, um, which I own, absolutely. But I would. I would take $5 million of that and I would give it to Skipping Stone. I would absolutely give it towards them because, again, that, you know, the work that they do um, and what they provide is so immensely important to me that I will always, always support it. Maybe just before we do finish up, would you be able to provide just some quick resources for people who... Um, are gender diverse or transgender looking for some help also to maybe some sources of education for people who aren't within that community for folks who are trans or gender diverse um one of your best resources um is skipping stone www.skippingstone.ca um and that kind of brings you to a whole uh platform mm -hmm. of, of what they offer. Um, you also have the Trans Equality Society of Alberta. Um, it's another um, organization um, which whose mission is to be a witness and voice for matters that concern trans Albertans. So you can reach out to them um, and their website is www.tessa.com online.org you know for folks who are allies um, within the community and wanting to know how they can be a, a stronger ally or um, maybe they're wanting to know how they can do more as as an ally or as a support um, again you can reach out to skipping stone and you know you can look at partnering uh, with them. They do provide educational resources for businesses and organizations, um, whether that's human resources training, um, how to essentially tangibly build supports into your business that will support um, employees who would be a part of the trans or gender diverse community. But also by doing that, you also create space for your business to serve customers or clients who are trans or gender diverse because Lindsay Peace, the co-founder and executive director, um, has the most perfect saying, for every redhead individual you see, you see just the same amount of trans people. So there's 
There's a lot of them out there. So you're going to come into contact with them. And then um, lastly, where can people connect with you um, if they want to support oh my gosh, you and if they th- want to get in contact with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am single. Um, so, you know, any uh, good looking men out there, um, absolutely, please reach out to me. Um, so you can connect with me on Instagram, um, which is the, my T-H-E, and then Anna, A-N-N-A. Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y. You can connect with me on Twitter at the exact same um, handle, the Anna Murphy. Um, you can connect with me on Facebook. You can add me as a friend. Why not? Um, some folks like to, you know, think I'm fairly friendly. And that quite literally is Anna Murphy. And my profile picture is the one that says <laughs> more issues than vote. I want to give you the opportunity if there's anything that we didn't touch on that you think you wanted to touch on. Yeah, I mean, there's lots that, that we can, could talk about. That there's lots yeah. that could be talked about. I mean, we could talk about, you know, the country music scene within, no, seriously, within Alberta. Um, you know, I had the immense, immense pleasure to attend the Alberta Country Music Awards this past weekend, very recently. Um, and again, having grown up in rural Alberta um, in a very, you know, stereotypical kind of, you know, boys are boys, girls are girls, not really a whole lot of diversity, you know, out on the ranch and in rodeo. Um, and to be at the ACMAs and seeing the diversity that's there and, and present and growing and to also be in the room and just, you know, hanging out with folks and it not being really an issue. There was so much diversity in the room without, again, waving a flag. Yeah, to see that, again, it gives me hope. It gives me so much hope. Diversity and inclusion should not be this scary terrifying thing it actually is a it's a great thing it it's what makes us us is you know embracing diversity and inclusion whatever that looks like it it can be hard It, it can be hard sometimes with the narratives that that we see in the news that we see in the headlines um that we hear on the street and Again, that's not to say that there isn't work to be done, but I think we also have to take a moment and celebrate the wins that we have had, the success that we have had, and the hope that is out in our community. I think that's a good way to end it. I think so. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to our conversation. The quote for this episode is written by the author, Mark Manson. Being heroic is the ability to conjure hope where there is none. To show us a possibility for a better world. Not a better world we want to exist, but a better world we didn't know could exist. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at The Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well. <laughs>